Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hello, you are listening to the Divorce University online podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Tammy Ferreira. Hi, I'm Tammy. Thomas, am I? It's always something different. It's always something different. It's going to become like, Thomas has got all these little things like word of the day or that we Tom, do. Thomas, I am. Yeah, his little intro thing he messes up and then... Sometimes he does all these like, you know, sound effects and all this stuff. And I got nothing. Like, I'm just over here trying to you're like boring. keep the show together. Like, that's my job. Just, well, you're the normal. You're the, I'm the steady Eddie. Yeah. You're the straight man. <laughs> is that what I'm I, the funny one. I you're thought it was the, a woman. but You're the straight man. No, the straight man is a term I know, of art. I know. Yeah. I know. It's a <laughs> sexist term of art. It is. Funny. It's disgusting. It's kind of like freshman. You know that. In in uh, colleges now they they say first year second year they don't say freshman sophomore junior senior it's ridiculous because it's because those terms are sexist and colonial and I see yes all right well so if any of you are listening are offended by that uh what should I what should I have said what did I say um straight man straight man yeah straight person straight person I'm the straight person she's the straight person <laughs> and that makes he's the color person. <laughs> Oh my goodness! He actually, actually, my pronoun today is Z. Whatever, I'm calling you he. That's what you are to me. So, but we do flip off depending on who wrote the episode. But this particular episode was from my brainchild. So today we are talking about giving away your power, and you know this kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about the last couple episodes because you know we talked about drama and we've talked about closure and kind of. They're similar concepts and similar ideas, but I think whether you come at it, which which of those aspects speaks to you more depends on how you move through your world, right? So how we say it on one episode might 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 make it clear to one person, and and this might help another person. So they're similar; they're not they're not exact. But um, giving away your power really came out of a discussion that I had with um, my group coaching membership one evening where, you know, I had a situation where somebody was, um, number one, upset by messages received from their ex. Yep. Number two had reached a point where they were ready to get rid of old divorce paperwork. And so had oh. been reading back through all. I remember you talking about that. See, I can only hear one side of the conversation uh -huh. when you're coaching. Uh -huh. <laughs> reading, but, well, depends on if I have it on speaker on. I usually yeah. don't because that annoys you. But um, everything about you annoys me. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for you, you're married to me. So, hey. Yeah. So, after, yeah. Yeah. So, um, in reading back through the old documents and trying to decide like what had what she needed to keep and what she could get rid of and all that kind of thing. But through the process of reading those and going through that, she just found herself like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, she found herself like really upset and kind of sort of at square one emotionally. You know, I find that we go through this process and there's not just a point that we hit where like, yeah, 
this declaration's full of lies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But we don't hit a point in the divorce process, even afterwards, where you just go, oh, everything's cool. Nothing my ex does upsets me. Yeah, that's right. You know, it more comes in waves where you have experiences and things that happen. Yeah. That will upset you and bring you back to square one. And then you have to kind of yeah. regroup again. There's a couple things about my ex that have that effect. Well, you, we won't go into them. You've had a couple incidences of that, right? Yes. Of things that kind of, why don't you share one? Can you share one? Oh, gosh. I don't want, I, I'm afraid she'll hear it. Well, she's, she's a. She's she, a big girl. Well, she's a big girl. She's, and she's not. She's only four foot eleven. She's tiny. She's cute. But but what I'm <laughs> saying is she's we're emotionally past that point. I don't think that. I mean, her and I have talked a lot about the disagreements and the different things that have happened over the years. And I don't think she's offended by us sharing our experiences to help other people. Yeah. Well, I guess the the, the one thing is it was parent teacher conferences where. Um, I thought you were going to tell the lovey story. That's what I thought you were going to tell. The lovey story is pretty good. <laughs> you only get one. Yeah. Now they're going to be wondering about the other story. But I don't worry about. about I don't worry about that anymore. Yeah. So. Okay. But whichever one you want to tell. Yeah, and it's kind of we would go to we would go to these parent teacher conferences, and she would let on like she was parent of the year, mm -hmm. like all this time, and I knew the truth. Yeah, I I knew that that she had feet of clay, but oh my goodness, the way she went on, you thought, oh yes, but I homeschool my girls, and and yeah, I had the boys with, I, I have two boys with her, and she has two girls in her second marriage, but I, it's like, oh yes, I I homeschool, so I see exactly how you are, and oh yes, and you'd think, and I thought, she is so full of BS. <laughs> And I had to like restrain myself, you know, I had to, cause I felt you, f you feel like making a sarcastic remark, you know, right. And it just, you know, I know better than to do that. Right. But that kind of what came up for me when you mentioned that. Yeah. So when, and, and that doesn't mean that she, you know, is a fantastic homeschooler or isn't or whatever. That's really just about your perception yeah. of what she was saying. And the problem with that is then you leave that parent-teacher conference, and like we were talking about before, you're playing, replaying the conversation in your head. Right. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about all the evidence you have that supports the fact that you think what she's saying is crap. Yeah. You know, all this stuff that we start doing are like this person that was reading back through all the old declarations and all this, and it's like, that's totally giving away your power. Yeah, and that's true. it's crazy to me because I see so many things online about women and women's empowerment and, and all these kinds of things. And I feel like a lot of people tend to teach that women's empowerment is more about like, is more about drama. I'll say it that way. Right. They teach that women's empowerment is more about, by golly, I'm going to tell everybody how I feel. And I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, right. make sure that, um, I'm standing up and saying, no, and saying, you're not going to treat me this way and I don't deserve this and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's yeah. not empowerment. Right. That is telling the other person that they hit their mark. Exactly. It's like the wedding dress gal. Right. It's the same <laughs> thing. And okay, the, the, you know, we've talked about this a couple episodes, so hopefully you know what we're talking about, but the, the lady that divorced a guy that was, in her words, narcissistic, and she ran across the country to raise awareness of narcissism. Well, well 
how in a wedding dress. Well, it to me. It's I hope of, she wore. I hope she didn't try to do it in pumps. I'm pretty sure she was wearing tennis shoes in the picture I saw her running in. But <laughs> how does that help anybody? Yeah, including her. Well, it brings awareness. It brings awareness because see, a lot of people don't aren't aware of it. I'm pretty. I am pretty sure if you're living with a narcissist, you might not know the label for it, but you're aware that it's kind of like issue. having incontinence. You know, I'm pretty sure you're aware. Of. But I just, I don't. To me, she would have been much better off to like start a women's support group or help give people practical tools or start a blog about it or do a or like, a podcast maybe. Yeah, I don't know something about. I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of like. It's kind of like this random thing that I'm just going to do to announce that I'm against this. Right. And that's not empowerment. I that's agree, causing letting some crazy guy cause you to do something nuts, like run across the country in a wedding dress, like yeah. something pointless in my opinion. But right. I mean, you know, not to disparage her. I'm sure she had good intentions and all that kind of thing. And for but our next event, we'll have the bouquet throw. <laughs> <laughs> over the cliff you know i don't know um <laughs> you like I'm that huh? that just popped into my head yeah, yeah. but <laughs> you know it's this kind of thing where people are trying to sell that empowerment is you know pushing back standing up engaging in you know drama and resisting resisting the narcissistic behavior kind of thing and most of the time, what I find is number one, it causes it to continue because you're giving it attention. You're giving them their, their payoff. Their payoff. And number two, a lot of times it will escalate because it's like, oh, this is working. Yeah. Let me keep doing more because what they're doing mm -hmm. is trying to poke you, trying to make you look crazy, trying to, and you're obliging by giving away your power Right. to their antics. It's like giving into your three-year-old. Yes, which we talked about in the last episode. Right. You know, and, <laughs> you know, the, what is the, I saw something, a, a, a little post on Facebook the other day that just really hit home in this subject, and it was something like, um, if I'm, if, if I'm not speaking to you, it's not because I'm angry, it's because I don't care. Right. <laughs> You know, and it's, if you're angry and you're needing to vent and have all this vitriol and all these different things, you are not moving on from what's happening in right. your divorce or separation. You are, you are still engaging in the, the drama in your head, which is a form of giving away your power right. because that's what's living there. Right. And, and if you don't do that, I mean, think of all the time that we sit around uh, ruminating about those that have hurt us. Yeah, you know, that's the resentment and, and hoping that the other person drinking the poison and hoping the other person dies. It's uh, we, we could use that time to, I don't know, listen to a beautiful piece of music or go to the beach or be with your, you know, call your kid and find out how. How school is going, whatever. Take your dog for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> your dog enjoys that too. I say that because our little our little dog's laying at my feet on she our. She mostly on, enjoys sleeping. Yeah, she's she's older. And if you guys listen to the podcast, you know we lost my my boy, the one I was really close to uh, last December, and so um, 
So now uh, we have her. So now we have just her. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that the way it sounds. Yes, it, you do. It's just that, you know, we we got her a little, she was six and we've had her about 10 years. And it's just, it's my relationship with her is a little different. She's a little more cantankerous and grumpy. She, she's, and, a grump, she's, she's a princess. Yeah, she is. She is. She's a diva for sure. And my, <laughs> my boy wasn't like that. He was all about being there for me. So he was, he yeah. was a really good boy. But anyway. Um, I think she might be a cat. <laughs> she's very cat-like. It's funny. <laughs> my son has a cat that's very dog-like and we have a dog that's very cat-like. It's kind of funny. But, you know, when you're, um, you know, going for a walk with your dog or doing all these different things that Thomas was talking about to engage with your own life and your own kids and all that you are in you, that is pulling yourself into your own power because then you're in control. You're making the decisions, right? You know, you're the one that's steering your ship in that situation. But when you're, you know, Looking back through things, you know, looking like, you know, the person I talked about was looking at divorce records, but, you know, you look at old pictures or you, you know, you do things that kind of bring you back to square one, or you have instances like Thomas talked about with his ex that sort of create this little hiccup, you know, as you're going, because what'll happen is the longer you're out from your divorce, it'll sort of get, it'll get easier, but you'll have these hiccups. It's just, it comes it comes less frequently and the period lasts shorter. Right. It's a, it's a shorter period of time. And so it gets a little easy in that regard, but it doesn't totally go away. I mean, we've been talking the last few episodes about me having interaction with my ex and right. lately a, a lot more it's interaction like, than I'm accustomed to. It's kind of like when, when my kids call, call Jude dad. Right. You know, right. They refer to their. Yeah. And there was former stepdad. As we were that. at, we were at, um, What's the football game? No, no, it was the Dave and Buster's. Uh-huh. And she had a card and it had. Oh, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know, but. We were sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings. We had dinner with your ex a few years ago. I don't think Jude was there. but No, he wasn't. It was us and her and the two boys and her two girls. And her mother had sent your son a card with Jude's last name instead of your last name. Oh, yeah. That's right. what it was. Right, right. And, and and that brings up, I mean, I mean, really, who's hurt by that? Well, I am. Right. You know, and it did. It it like you say, it felt like a hiccup because for for 10 years I didn't care what she said or what she called the kids. I, you know, I'm a firm believer that you know, she can have them call him dad all she wants to. Right. Uh, but they know who their dad is. Right. Because when they were little, we went to the beach and dug holes in the sand. Right. But let us just be clear. If you <coughs> uh, are in that situation, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Let's if, cl- if if Thomas had ended up back in court and wanted to bring that up, the court would have been extremely upset by that. We have seen the court give specific orders on what children are to call somebody, what children are to be called, all kinds of different right. things around this issue. So the children should really only call mom or dad, mom or dad. It's not right. a good idea. My, my stepchildren have always called me Tammy, and I don't think my relationship with them would be any warmer if they had called me mom instead. Right. But that's just, that's one of my, you know, you were asking for examples right. of my life. That's another one. Right. 
Yeah, and it stings a little bit, and it yeah. kind of throws you back into the old pattern of resentment. But but your client was was looking through declarations that he had filed years ago. No, uh, it's only been like a year. Oh well, right. so it's still a little fresh. Right. So she reads that declaration, and now she's back in right in, in that mental state that she was in right after the hearing. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And how are you feeling right after the hearing? You're not feeling empowered. Right. You know, you're probably feeling the opposite of empowered. You're probably feeling like a crumpled heap on the floor. You know, right. you're not feeling empowered in that situation. And so one of the things that you have to do is, especially when you're going through these hiccups, like she's been having these texts and communications with him the last few days. So really going in and, and trying to sort through the divorce paperwork now was probably not the thing to do. Yeah. Because you're already in the middle of kind of sort of being sucked back into the, the drama a little bit. She she should have given you the paperwork and had you throw everything out well, except what she absolutely I needed. said, here's the two <laughs> things you need. Right. To go find those two things. Shred everything else. Worst case scenario, you need it. Courts have copies. Right. Courts have copies back to how far back could we get a copy that we wanted? I mean, like. Well, I could probably get a copy of my mother's divorce in 1983. Yeah. If I wanted to, if I ordered it from archives, I could get it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you you know, the courts will have record of it. It's not like it's going to disappear forever. It's just that you have to, um, you know, it's a good idea to keep at least your, your decree. That's always a good thing. And um, that's real easy to identify if you're in California because it's a form FL-180 and it's got all, it's usually got attachments with it. But so I said to her, look, find your FL-180 with the attachments, you know, your MSA that was stamped by the court. Um, if that was done separately, which I think it was in hers, they had a prior MSA for some reason. But yeah. anyway, and, and just, just throw everything else out. You don't, declarations for sure, you do not need to keep. And those are the worst things that you can read. Because they have the most attacking statements in them of anything. Yeah, get rid of those. Right. And so then, hmm. you know, she's just feeling completely defeated and frustrated and angry all over again, like you said. Yeah. And so what, you know, you have to do, especially if you're in a state where you're like getting text messages from them or something that is starting to suck you back in mentally into that process to where you start giving away your power and I mean, you're going to start to recognize it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the reason that you're giving away your power is not necessarily just the fact of somebody looking through a document, but it's because that she still cares what he thinks. Yeah. Okay. That's really the distinction. If you told me you could sit and read that whole thing and never have an emotional twitch at all, fine, cool. Sit and read the whole thing. I don't care. Yeah. But I don't believe you if you tell me that it doesn't cause an emotional twitch. Because even my own, even my own divorce case 15 years out causes that if I open it up and read through it. But I can say as I sit here right now that I don't care what she thinks. Right. But if I read through that stuff, I might. It might trigger it. Yeah. Right. So you, so obviously you don't want to trigger yourself. But really, I think where this comes into play more is caring what people think. And caring what people think to the point of driving yourself crazy over it, yeah. changing your behavior over it, um, you know, having dreams about them, thinking about what they're doing, 
All you do. You dream about your ex-husband sometimes after you've interacted with I him. I do. If I have a lot of interaction, it will cause that. It's like my subconscious. I can't, I guess because I work so hard to keep it out of the conscious where I just don't let myself go there. Right. I guess that's the only release it has. I don't know. But, you know, the way that you come into your own power is not through this, you know, thing I described earlier where we're, we're standing and demanding and you know, being resistant and all those kinds of things. It's from just doing you. Yeah. And don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Don't worry about trying to defend yourself. Right. Don't worry about other people's approval, what they think of you, whether they like you or not. You know, I have had so many experiences in this business, and I know you have too, where Thomas or I will put something out there. And let me just tell you that we've been doing this podcast almost three years, and it's still, I don't like listening to them. I don't like listening to myself. Sometimes people will say, oh, the podcast this week was really good, was awesome. And I'd be like, oh, really? What was it about? Because... <laughs> I, we record these in batches and I don't know, and I don't go listen to it or look like we have my sons take care of all that producing and release and, and all that stuff. So once right. we record them, I don't look at them again. We've taught them both how to divorce. Isn't that sad? <laughs> I hope we haven't done that good a job. I hope we've, we've taught them how to have a healthy marriage. Yeah, as a stay, stay married for heaven's yeah, sake. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really hard because you put yourself out there and inevitably you're going to get negative feedback. You know, yeah. I've seen people call us ambulance chasers because of, of what we do. I've seen people, you know, attack us. Thinking, you know what really sucks is when the ambulance stops suddenly. Because then you smack into the back. That's happened to me a couple times. I'm sure it has. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. What was I? I don't even remember what I was saying because now I have pictures of you running into the back of the <laughs> in my head. Because people people react to, to, to what we put out negatively. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. People will give yeah. negative feedback and things. Yeah. And if you start to listen to that, if Thomas and I listened to that, that's a form of giving away our power to those people. And what right. would happen is we would get to the point where we couldn't do this. Right. You know, I've had times in the very beginning where it would happen and I would totally withdraw it, take the post down, right. whatever. And now I've just learned that whatever I do, there's yeah. going to be somebody that's there's always, there's always some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if I don't, if I don't have the, you know, internal compass to be able to say, I'm not going to allow that person to, to take away my power in that way. Then I lose the ability to put this out for all the right. thousands and thousands of people that it does that, help. Yeah. And there so are you, many. Yeah. So you can't let one naysayer right. destroy all the good that you can do in all these other areas. And, and that's kind of what the divorce is a process of, right? You've got this one big old naysayer <laughs> on the other side, <laughs> that's right? Funny. That's saying something negative about Talking everything trash. you do. Right. I mean, why do people talk trash on the court? They talk trash. To, to get in your head. To get in your head. To take away your power. To take away your power. Right. right. And that's what's happening in the divorce is your yeah. ex is talking all this trash. Right. And if you listen to that, or let it in or ruminate about it or indulge it by, you know, reading declarations over and over yeah. or any of those kinds of things, 
you are. The men all understood that. That and women are going what? <laughs> about the court yeah about talking trash i'm talking about the basketball court the basketball yeah. yeah analogy but you know if you're allowing if you if you're if you're doing all that then that's what you're allowing and so finding your own power in this process isn't about you becoming verbally uh you know pushing back on the other person or all those kinds of things because like i said before if you're truly to the point where you don't care, which is where you need to try to get to, yeah. then the only thing that you'll have for them is silence. Right. Here's, this just popped into my head, but this might be something you could tell them. I mean, think of your life as, as a, an oil painting that you're doing, okay? And as you're doing this painting, there's you see that there are beautiful things and there are ugly things and the ugly things you get rid of you take them you take them off or you paint over them right and the beautiful things you keep and the, the objective is to throughout your life to make the picture more and more beautiful and anything that that detracts from that goal you you, you take away right Right. And so it, it goes back to kind of a lot of the concepts that we've talked about before. Of like, how do you do this? How do you make that go away? You make it go away by not engaging in the drama, right? which means you don't need to go back and say how you feel, what happened, what it was, defend yourself, blah, 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 blah. You just don't care what they think and you don't respond when you don't need to. Right. I mean, I'm too busy trying to, to create a legacy with, with the boys and, and, and trying to make sure they understand the difference between right and wrong. And, you know, so that they understand that they have to respect authority, but that there are times when you have to take a stand right. and all these things. And those are beautiful things. Right. Uh, and, you know, we tend to, in, in, when we're divorcing, we get focused on the ugly and the wrong and, and what's missing. And, yeah. And and we lose sight of what's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we do. Because there are still beautiful things, even though you have this crap storm going on around you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to touch on this a little bit, you know, but I don't want to, um, you know, it's a little bit of a sensitive subject, so I don't want to, like, you know, make anybody feel offended or anything this like that. This is a that, trigger warning. Yeah, yeah, this is your trigger <laughs> warning. But... You know, a lot of the way I see women give away their power too is through the support mechanism. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had a lady say to me the other day, well, shouldn't I, you know, I was talking to her about, well, like you've been separated for a while, you know, I think it was like over six months, you know, you don't have any kids at home. There's no reason you can't, you know, start getting a job. The court's going to expect you to do this. And she said to me, well, shouldn't I, shouldn't I not go to work if I'm going to Right. So that I can get more spousal support, you know, more Absolutely. alimony. Shouldn't I say And then you can not? pay my attorney fee with the extra money. And not start work and, <laughs> and, and, and you know. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? A lot of attorneys do advise that. I mean, I see a lot of attorneys give that wisdom, but this is my take on it. The first issue is even if you wait another six months or a year or however long you think you can milk it, and then you go back to court, well, your support's going to go down then anyway. So it's not like by 
not working right now, you get this permanent number. You don't. So it's adjusted as the party's incomes adjust. And the reduction of spousal support isn't a one-to-one ratio. It's not like, oh, you know, every state has formulas and different things, but there's not like this, oh, you make 2000 a month, now your support's reduced 2000 a month. It's usually some kind of ratio where you're still better off if you're working. Okay, so from the court's perspective and from your judge's opinion of you and all those things, it's a good idea to support to uh, start working and doing what you can to support yourself. But honestly, if you want to, to be an empowered woman, you can't possibly be an empowered woman as long as you're reliant on another person for your finances, because then that person has the ability to screw with you. Right. And I know this firsthand because I have an ex that has, that owes me, six figures in, in back child support. And for a long time, that did cause an ability in him because I was so scared because I needed the money. And when I got to the point where I said, you know what, if this money comes, it would be really nice. I I could use it. I need it, but I'm not going to starve to death if I don't have it. And once I really kind of let go and just stopped pursuing it, that's actually when I started feeling better. And, you know, we've been talking about, I've been having conversations with him lately over this issue because it's still outstanding. And honestly, I can tell you, I I feel worse when I, I don't want to talk to him. I, I, emotionally, I'm not, I, yeah. I don't feel as good internally. I'm not as happy. I'm not as, right. it, it just drudges. having those dreams. Yeah, it just <laughs> drudges up things that I don't want to think about. So really, I always tell people that your freedom lies in being able to provide your own support and do your own thing. Now, look, I came out of my marriage needing support. He earned three times what I did. And I understand that that may be in the situation that you're in. And there's no reason that you shouldn't get that support and that you shouldn't ask for that support and all those kinds of things. What I'm telling you is to be empowered, you need to move yourself as quickly as you can to a point to where you are fully self-supporting without needing anything from that other person. Right. Yeah, I remember a case we did about 10 years ago. It was a mediation. And uh, I think we were trying to get wife to accept what we call a step down, Mm -hmm. uh, which means that you get a certain level of support for uh, for a certain like, you know, one or two years and then it's stepped down to another one and then it's stepped down again. And she had talked to her attorney, I guess, and, and felt that that she would get the whole thing. So uh, we caucused with her. And I, I remember saying to her, you know, you're a, I, I can't even remember what she does for a living, but let's just say she's an artist. You know, your, your stuff's really good. It's good. I mean, you could open up a, a gallery and you could uh, sell that. You could, you, you could do advertising. There's a lot of stuff you can do with this. Right. If you're dependent on him, right, you're giving away your power, right. You want to, you you really want to be able to stand one day and turn around to him and say, I, you know what, I don't care, I yeah. don't care. You you go, 
take a take a walk. I, yeah, for many years it was a dream to me to just be able to to tell my ex husband he can shove the money where the sun don't shine. I don't care. Right. And that's not the same thing. Like he still owes me the money. I'm not saying letting him off the hook for the money. I haven't, but. I'm not reliant on it right. in a way to where he can withhold the check or do things that cause my life to go into this tizzy that doesn't happen anymore. Right. It's empowering to have your own source of income. Right. You know, that's why it, it's so bad sometimes when we, uh, when we as a society extend welfare benefits to right. people that, that, and, and not require them to work. Right. Uh, because what you're saying to them is be dependent. And when you're dependent right. on somebody else, you're not powerful anymore. Right, right. And it, and it destroys your self-esteem. It, right. it destroys self-worth. You know, we all have a need to contribute right. and, and to be part of something bigger than ourselves. True. And sitting around and being dependent on that other person just is not going to get you where you want to be. And, and again, I know that that's not like an immediate thing that you can always fix overnight. But I always tell women like, yeah, well, and, and we have men that are the, I have, we, we have a couple of cases. We have one going right now where the, the wife's the primary earner and the man's the supportive one. But if you're the supported party, you really need to do everything you can to get yourself moving in that direction of being fully self-supporting as fast as you can, because that does remove a lot of the drama. I, I find the cases that we have where there's zero child support, either direction, those cases have far fewer court hearings and far less drama and far more cooperation between the parents. Because when one person's paying the other one anything, there's just this form of resentment that comes into it that causes a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and again, I'm not saying you're always there at the beginning or that there's anything wrong with taking support. I, I needed it. I had a very significant support award in the beginning, but the faster you don't need it, the faster that you step into your own power. Right. Right. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We hope this has been helpful and remember not to give away your power. That's my advice for you this week. So if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe so that you get notified of more content. If you're listening to us in the podcast, please rate and review us so that other people can find us easier and we will see you next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Divorce University online podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Tammy Ferreira. For more information, visit www.divorceuniversityonline.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.